This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to the Acting Up Podcast, a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. I'm so excited for this week because I'm bringing on a guest today. It is our 10th episode and I'm super excited because I thought it might be really useful for you to meet my other half, my husband, who really uh, is a huge part of the parenting experience. I talk a lot about being the mom in this and there are definitely sides of it that are really more mom-centric, especially being more of the stay-at-home mom. Uh, but that doesn't at all detract from the work and help and stuff that goes on with with John, my husband. So I'm going to bring him on in a little bit. But before we get there, and I'm also, I, I know I normally like sort of wrap you up with like, oh, here's what happened this week. But I think that's actually a really good piece of what we experienced this week. John can talk to it really pretty directly because a lot of it happened last night. So uh, we'll go into that uh, when he gets on. But I wanted to talk about something that's happening in Chicago right now that is super cool that I was just alerted to and I am trying to get to one of these performances. So chicagochildrenstheater.org, so Chicago Children's Theater, that's T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org, is doing a performance, uh, a show called Red Kite Green Mountain. And I only just heard about this, but they've been in production since March 1st, and they're going through the 23rd of March. And what's so great about this is that it's an interactive theatrical experience. It has live music and sensory moments, and it's created specifically for what they say is young people on the autism spectrum, which how cool is that, that they actually created a show specifically that way. Now, I'm sure it's inclusive in that it isn't just for those on the spectrum, but how cool that 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 is, that it is literally written in that perspective. So tickets are $10 a person, and they also will send out a social story. If you don't know what that is, that's uh, a lot of times it's a tailored story to give so expectations are uh, seen before you go into something lots of times they'll do a social story before you go to a doctor's o- a visit or a dentist the, they can take like a cartoon character or an animated picture or whatever and they can turn it into a social story to give you the idea of what to expect the, all the performances are going to be held at the Chicago Children's Theater's new home the station at 100 South Racine Avenue uh, the shows are Fridays and Saturdays at various times I highly recommend recommend that you if you if this is of at all interest to you that you get on it fast because some of these performances have already sold out and like I said it only runs until March 23rd we're trying to get there as a family because I just think it sounds like such a great idea and I'm so excited that Chicago Children's Theater is doing this performance so uh, we're gonna if and when we get there I will definitely report back to all of you and let you know what that was like so that's that. All right, let me bring on John. Um, this is my husband, John. John is, <laughs> God, we've been married since 2010. We've known each other since 2004. Oh my gosh. When we got married, we didn't, we weren't going to have kids. We, we had pretty much decided we were, we, we were going to just be us and have animals, like pets, and which is what we did for a while. And then we thought, eh, you know, maybe, 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 maybe this kid thing. And as soon as we made the decision, I think I got pregnant the very next month, right? 
Yeah, that's pretty much what mm-hmm. happened. All right, so anyway, so here's John. John is an animator and a writer and a, what? What else are you? What else do you do? Uh, I'm uh, an underemployed uh, <laughs> a staffing manager, uh, a, uh, an occasional a tutor. 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 Uh, I, mostly I'm a layabout. Um, I, I, I tweet a lot. You tweet a lot, yeah. He's pretty <laughs> I, big uh, on Twitter. Uh, you know. Oh, by the way, I'm really glad you're the one who read that thing about the theater event oh because, yeah uh, red kite green mountain or uh-huh. whatever it is because i quite literally if i had been the one to say it would have said it, he was going to see a sensory production of the kite runner <laughs> <laughs> that's not a joke that was what i thought it was i thought you were about to say and i was it's <laughs> like that would have been That'd be a very different show a very different show um, <laughs> so uh one of the reasons i wanted to bring you on is that i think it's important to bring a perspective because i know that I, while it's probably typically moms that are listening to this podcast. I know it is a family and kids podcast, and I'm sure there are other parents, dads included, mm-hmm. and other people that, and also even the moms too, want to hear your perspective because, you know, it can feel like a very isolating thing to be the parent of a kid with special needs. And we happen to be very lucky in that we have each other, but the incidence of divorce and separation actually skyrockets with when when kids are diagnosed yeah, and i'm not surprised i'm not surprised by it either the the stress level and whatnot comes in so i would love to full talk, disclosure i think we we definitely went through some rough patches at times and uh, I, th- I think we should talk about those because i think that yeah. you know everybody who knows me here knows how open and honest i've been and i think that I want to continue that. Right. So, uh, and you, and I prepped you for that prior to that. that ah. Hey, we're going to be really open about this. So. No, no, you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> you can't. have no preparation. No She's preparation lying. whatsoever. Yeah. This is all an act. All an act. <laughs> right. So, uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I Jackson's wanna... actually three rabbits in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, just piled on top of each other. Okay, I, I said I wouldn't be jokey in this one. So I'm it's be okay. You can be. It's okay. Zoop. You can be jokey. You got to be you, right? Uh, when did you first notice that Jackson might not be like other kids? Like, what was your first in? I've, I've talked about if, mine. So if, I, yours. if I'm going to be fully honest, yeah. this is, doesn't reflect well on me. No, it's fine. I first noticed when you pointed out the toe walking. Oh, okay. I, I, and this is, you know, like I, again, like I hadn't really been around a lot of babies. Uh, my, like not since I was six and six and seven when my brother was born. Right. Like I didn't. Like, that was the last time I was really consistently around a baby. So it had been, like, 30 years since I had really been, you know, with babies. So I, I honestly didn't know what the milestones that I should have been looking for were. I didn't know when babies really started engaging, how much they engaged, when they started walking. I, I knew I had started talking fairly early. But so you knew you weren't a good litmus test. For, I like, well, yeah, like, yeah. Well, that's just it. Like, you know, like I, like I, 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 like between the two of us, like honestly, one of the things, maybe the first clue that things were a little different was only a clue because I started talking early and you're not a, a silent person. So we like we had, I'd always assumed if we had a kid, they would be like a, a little motor mouth from the start. So, you know, like. By the time he was a year old, I was expecting him to be, like, at least really starting to talk. Like, I started talking at, like, eight months. It was oh, ridiculous. Yeah, and, I, and I learned how to talk fast. Like, by the time I was a year old, I think I was talking in sentences. And, like, I had, like, I, I was a, like, like I was an almost entirely verbal child. Wow. That's amazing. You know, like, but, like, that was, like, it was, like, you know, like, just a focus in that and that almost that alone. I didn't have any other special skills as a kid. Right. So you were like, hyperverbal, right? Yeah, I was hi- probably hyperverbal. Yeah. You know, like, 
you know, I don't think I started to learn to read any earlier than any kids. I don't like I, about average. I mean, I was a good reader once I learned. Yeah. But like, I don't think I started like like years sooner. I don't think I was not like any more agile. If anything less, <laughs> you've seen me. Uh, you know, like I like so like your drawing I guess, skills were above above par. Uh, you don't know. I I never noticed that until I was older. Oh really? I didn't really think I was a particularly good artist till I was like middle school. That's when people started noticing I was a little better than everyone else. Yeah, that's like, amazing. I think the first time I ever did a drawing that I was really proud of, I was like nine. Oh wow! Like I I like other than that, I didn't think I was any special. Hmm. Like I had friends who drew a lot better than me for most of my life. So, cool. you know, like in fact, even like to this day, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I didn't have someone in my friend circle who wasn't who wasn't a significantly better artist than me other than a brief period of time when I mostly hung out with theater people <laughs> you know like like, other than, like maybe throughout like in my 20s there was a period where I was the best artist that I personally hung out with right you know, like, but... so I, let me ask you this because it's so our situation is a little unique in that when Jackson was born you were at home, um, you, had, yeah, you were had, unemployed for a yeah, while. I had, I had recently lost my job like a month and a half before you, yeah. And then it was like kind of a thing, it sucked because we didn't have as much income, but it also was like, you were like, God, I need you at home. Yeah, it was really nice to have you there because I was going through postpartum anxiety and yeah, didn't understand and I would, it. Yeah, and I, I would say like, I mean, I was not really employed, employed for until Jackson was probably at least three or, or so. Yeah, three it was and a while, half. yeah. Like, like, I don't think I really started returning to the workforce fully until after, like, not long after he got his diagnosis, ironically. Right. And but. I, um, at the time, was had a, had an at-home business that I was working on, and so I, along with the acting. So I was doing that, so it sort of worked out well. I was sort of bringing in income. I was still home, but I was bringing in income. But you were really the one that was there. You were the one that would, right. like, yeah, you know, take him, take like him places, ferry like, yeah. him out somewhere. Like, if anything needed to be done, if I had a call or if I was on right. with a group or whatever, you were able to right. be there. And I should be clear, I'm talking about before he has his autism diagnosis. But, like, I'm sure people who have been paying attention know that for about a year and a half before that, you know, we pretty much, he was in early intervention. Right. And he was in, uh, you know, and he was, like... He was about a little under the age of two when we first really got him into EI. Yeah. So, you know, like there was a good like there was a good year and a half where like we knew there was things going on with him and, and probably a good year where we were pretty strongly suspicious, you know, like, well, you started suspicious and then EI eased like, yeah, our fears eased our a little fears. bit and then you and then we the ramped we, yeah, back up. They ramped right. back up. But, you know, like but like so like even like even before the diagnosis we knew there was something like different about Jackson with the, like compared to other kids and like I, like I would take him out to playgrounds and it was really obvious that he was like the only like he was still he wasn't even at parallel play really right you know like you know like other kids were like his age were like by the time he's you're three you really start playing with other kids a lot right. like I go to a playground all he'd want to do is pick up uh, I'm sure you've mentioned it I, I the wood I chips pick up the wood chips and throw them you know and, and like he would like and it was just a lot of like like he'd be way bigger than like the barely able to walk toddlers like but he would be much more like them than he'd be like you know the kids the kids his age or the kids from the Montessori school that would come running into the playground <laughs> you know like you know like it was very it was a very obvious thing and you know like that was uh that was something like I I mean I already knew there was something then he'd already had some but that was where I was really probably that was where the isolating I think be really Really, the isolation for how you felt. Yeah, like, how yeah. I felt like really because like I'd see parents with their kids and they'd interact with them very differently. Yeah, you know? and that's that's aside from the standard isolation you often get in playgrounds if you're the male parent and you're alone. 
Uh, right. Because, you can talk uh, to mommy, that for a minute. Mommy, there is a, there is a clickishness whether they realize it. I don't think I don't think they intend to do it, but there is something where like mommies tend to congregate with other mommies. If you're the guy at the playground, and if you're like me, I don't tend to reach out to people very often. I'm fairly socially awkward. You know, like there's not a lot of like people don't approach the guy at the playground as often. You know, even if he's got a kid and he's not obviously a creep, right. <laughs> you know, but like, <laughs> you know, like just hanging out in the playground. Yeah, but, like, but like, not only because like, not only is it like, you know, like I like there is there is a tendency towards the guy at the playground being an odd man out. Yeah. Uh, like the, the 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 parent with the child who's playing differently than the other kids, definitely to this day is still like like when I take Jackson to the playground, it's very very rare that other parents like male or female will like interact in any way with me yeah. like i i'll watch their kids basically run over and bowl past jackson and they like i'll notice those parents won't even notice and i'm not going to yell at someone else's kids I, I may have grown up in the american south like but i'm not going to spank someone else's kid you know what i mean well not that it's make my kid either but you know like but like i like but i i'll watch other like kids like basically push jackson out of the way or get really impatient with him because he's living in his own pace and it, it's it's kind of like there's an isolation. Like, it's like I feel like, oh, you're not going to pay attention because I'm not part of your little in group. Right. Like I feel like it's like like it is. It's weird because it's like I escaped, uh, you know, middle school a long time ago. But there's still a weird clickishness when you go to a playground and you've got a kid who's different. Yes. Unless you or like unless there are people who already know you. Right. Or you're there with them and they're yeah. aware and they're like, being you know, like, conscious yeah, of it. There right. is a very like okay, this is a like, and and it, part of it I think is people don't want to. They they will ignore the elephant in the room. Sure. They don't want to say anything for fear of being offensive. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that, but there is like a little weird, you know, like no one's going to talk because if you talk to me, you're going to have to learn what, what's going on with that kid. I also find that, and this is going slightly off topic, but I wanted to bring this up and maybe we can talk about this a little bit, but the, there's this element of, and I, I struggle with this because there's an agency that parents will give their kids. I've been seeing this a lot in some of these places where it's, well, if that person isn't nice to you or they don't talk to you or they don't, you know, connect with you, then you don't have to be friends with them. And I get that because it's like, well, I mean, if the kid is, if someone's hitting you, you don't have to be friends with somebody who hits right, yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, this is something that we talk mm -hmm. about in mommy groups. But as the parent of a child who, you know, has developmental delays and social, you know, cue issues and social delays, he's struggling to connect but doesn't know how all the time. And then, so we're... How do you feel about that experience where you know what you know, but they don't know what you know? Right. You know, it, that, that, is a, that is actually a really, like, prickly thing. I right. I, you know, like, because I, I agree. Like, you don't want to force a kid into a situation that he's uncomfortable with. Uh, I hope oh, I'm being all gender normative there but you know you know oh, like, when you said he oh, like, i was all, like what I'm is all, he saying there? i'm all like oh male dominated world oh. <laughs> you know but like they that's cool yeah, they. or whoever yeah <laughs> like but like you, you don't want to put kids like in the situation where they, they feel uncomfortable but you know by the same token it is it is a weird thing of like i i i feel like there you know like maybe there needs to be a line drawn in like the idea of like it's, there's a difference between not wanting to be with a bully Mm -hmm. You know, and not being exposed to someone different than you. That's a really you know? good point. So I, I like, because like, yeah, if another kid's hitting you or picking on you or being a real shoop, <laughs> you don't swear on this podcast. We do not. Say it again. I'll just <laughs> Being a real jerk. Did you edit out that part where I said bad word? Yes, I did. Cool. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my eyes got real wide, <laughs> which is rare because I've got beady eyes. But um, uh, if they're being a real jerk, 
you know, then of course you don't want to like, you know, uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, you know, like force, say, them to, force kids you, to be in that situation. Yeah. But if it's a kid who's just acting strange that makes them like maybe slightly uncomfortable, sometimes it's like there's a difference between being put out of your comfort level because you're threatened and put out of your comfort level because this is just different. Gosh, I love that. Because it, it's it's like you don't want to force a kid to eat something they're actually allergic to. <laughs> but, right. But like if – but. It, you know, try your Brussels sprouts. Right. Like, right. yo, you don't have to eat a peanut because you might go into anaphylaxis. We know this. Don't, you know, don't eat peanuts. Right. But try the Brussels sprouts at least once before you tell me you hate them. Right. You know, and like, be, like, be nice to the kid you're with. Like, you know, like, and, and, and that's the other thing. You don't have to be mean to someone just because right. you're not their friend. You don't have to blow them off. You could, like, I think you, you can teach people to be pleasant and just, okay, we know now I'm not going to play with them next time or I, you know, like, or I'm not, you know, like, I don't have to, like, get their phone number and go call them and, get, and invite them to birthday parties. Sure. You know? Hey, you like it? I almost said birthday correctly. I can this close. This close. <laughs> it's that Southern boy in you. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So let's, let's switch gears just slightly and talk about our relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like our relationship changed once he was diagnosed? I don't know if it changed at the diagnosis. Okay. Because I think we knew... Like we had an inkling before like we, we got knew the confirmation. Before we yeah. knew. I didn't I wasn't surprised at all by the diagnosis. I mean, there was sort of a cathartic like, oh my God, you know, this is real. Right. I like, called it like relief as well as right. like But I mean terror. But it like but it, it like it's the same as like anything where you know something's going to happen and it happens. Mm. You know, like 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 and, and this was a long, slow burn. This wasn't like a sudden thing. This True. wasn't like this wasn't like a bolt out of the blue where one day, you know, like Jackson was completely neurotypical and, uh, and we thought, thought so. And then the next day it's like, wow, he's completely different and mm-hmm. he's definitely diverse and not the same. You know, this is – Jackson didn't change the next day. Right. Right. You know, like Jackson's still – Jackson is still Jackson is, is still Jackson. He's never not been who he was. So that was – I don't think that was the – I think the pressure was more of a – like for, for me – and I can't speak for you. Maybe sure. it's different for you. But for me, I feel like the the problems and pressures and challenges that uh, come with Jackson are slow burn problems. It's more of a marathon than a sprint. Like my when I get upset, it's less like this event happened and it's super frustrating, and more this was the straw that broke the camel's back, and now I'm just super upset because I know that. It's never going to stop. So it's like a tipping point moment. Yeah, and it's it's more just the exhaustion. Yeah. Like, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, it's just the... Or all of them. It yeah, works. exactly. Yeah, they're they're all there, you know? Like, it, uh, literally all of those are like... Because it, it's, again, I love him more than anything in the world. And, you know, I think you've even said, like, he and I have, like, a real special relationship. You do. Like, he's... I'm getting a little choked up talking about him. He is, like, like super special to me. He's my, he's my little guy. He's my budge. I love him. But, uh, you know, like... By the same token, he's also a permanent part of my life in a way that is very different than my life was six years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's like in that way sometimes because it's like when you're both tired mm. and he's loudly stimming and running around and messing with things he shouldn't mess with, hitting his brother, all the things that can happen. You know, and Jackson's not an aggressive kid, but he will occasionally hit for a response. And it's yeah. really... For attention. And it's very hard. He's he's difficult to... I don't want to say discipline, but like, you know, like he's difficult to like direct in like... Like you don't... It's hard to explain to him why, why behavior is wrong. And it's hard... Like it's difficult to tell if he gets 
like where he knows right and wrong. And that can be very draining. And so bringing it back to us and away from him, sometimes we're just both exhausted or one of us is exhausted past the, the point and the other one is because we're both in the same boat. Sometimes that leads to us being completely sympathetic and sometimes it leads to us like being in like tunnel vision about our own problems. Mm. Like it's it's like sometimes if like like I like if I if I feel like I'm drowning and I'm like reaching out, I like like when you're grabbing me for support, I'm like, you're pulling me under, Allie, I'm drowning too. You know, and like so we end up in like we end up in these incredibly stressful situations where one or both of us is probably being really crappy to the other. Mm-hmm. And we don't like we're not doing it on purpose. You know, and it's like it is a matter of we have to be very patient with each other and we have to be very forgiving of each other. And we're both impatient people. We are. We're both anxious people. Yes. We both have tempers. They're, they're slightly different tempers, but they're tempers. Yes. Like, I think I have a longer fuse, but a bigger bang mm. when I have a temper. Mm. Like, you tend to get angry faster, but it, but it tends to be a low rumble that like of anger. <laughs> Whereas I'll, I'll sit there and take it and take it and take it. And then suddenly I'm like yelling and banging around and being incredibly furious. And which is a very hard thing. And I, and especially with like little kids around, like, like maintaining that, like not being scared of daddy, mm-hmm. you know, which is always like a horrible fear. I do not, I do come from a family with a history of physical abuse, you know, and I, it's like making sure that I am not, I, I don't want them to be scared of me, but it's like maintaining all the time is sometimes really hard. And I think we end up taking it out on each other yes. because we can't take it out on the kids, of course, you know, and like uh, we, I guess we could segue into uh, last night. Yes, by all means. Because I think, like, I think if we're talking about it, I think Absolutely. that's, uh, you know, like we had a uh, bit of a bit of a mo- low-level meltdown where it wasn't Jackson having the meltdown. No, it was... Jackson I was, was actually really well-behaved. He was. It was really he awesome. He was chill. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. We had a... So... Uh, okay, I think... I don't know if you've ever talked about Jackson's uh, sleep patterns with me. Like, with about me on this podcast. Have you um, talked about... Um, I mean, I think I've referenced it, but I, go ahead. But you go ahead. I, well, we know that we've... I'm sure you've mentioned he has some issues with sleeping at night, and sometimes we have to give him medication, and sometimes we have... A lot of times what happens if it's between, like, the hours of 4 a.m. and 7 a.m., I end up going, because Allie is usually not able to, like, be tied up in there with him, and also he tends to ask for me. Uh, I, tend, I tend to go in there, and sometimes it's because, you know, as we've spoken about recently in potty training, he's in a diaper. Sometimes it's like he needs his diaper changed, and he often wants me to lay down with him. And oftentimes you go in there because it's not just that we hear him, but he's kicking the wall. Yeah, he's kicking the wall. It's basically, that... but if I lay down with him, yeah. you know, it's like I can kind of, although I'm usually exhausted, and sometimes he's like running around and I'm laying there going, no. Yeah. But like I'll be in there with him to keep him calm. But well, the morning before last, while, you know, like you came in, and you're like, you do realize he's in the hall. And I'm like, what? Like, like I thought I just hadn't locked, hadn't shut the door because I was really tired. Explain what we've done for the door and why we have to do this because I okay. need to take so that away. You know, like there are these little things that go over doorknobs, these plastic covers that go over doorknobs. They, they, they spin and a little kid's hand can't reach in and grab the, 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 the knob ahead of it. And we, we put that on the inside of Jackson's door because uh, if he's allowed to just get out of his room, he will roam throughout the house. And it's fairly not safe. There's all sorts of things he shouldn't be in. It's the middle of the night, you know, he'll, you know, like we, we want him in a safe spot. Want contained. You know, we want him contained, you know, in his room where there's not a lot of things he can get into and hurt himself on. Um, but uh, he had fan- managed to pull that off in such a and way. And we've had it and on there it, for 
a while. A long time. It's like he's like he's entering a new next level in his Houdini escapism. Yes. He, you know, you, we already know he's getting out of his pajamas. He's getting out of this doorknob. So Allie was like, okay, we've got to actually turn the lock on his door around so it locked, so his bedroom door locks from the outside. Another thing we had to do was cover up the door lock because he kept locking us oh, out. Oh, yeah, he would lock I mean, us out. There, it's a house door, so yeah. it's easy. you would put a coin in and break the lock. Right, it's but not, it was like, just it's not, funny. It's not, a, it's not like a real deal lock lock, you know. But... Um, so we had to reverse the door, and the problem is yesterday. Yesterday there was this whole hassle with like, like getting Jackson out of the house, and because he was having a meltdown, and you like I was going to flip the door around. Um, I would say I'm nominally slightly the handier of the two of us. Yes, you know I'm not like super handy, but I'm functional. Mm-hmm. You know I did, studied enough theater tech work that I can do like basic home crap. Right, you know. So I was going to flip the doorknob around, but he was Jackson was having a huge meltdown, and Allie was just not able to like cope with that at that, that moment. Plus the baby and, and the baby and everything. Else. So I so I took Jackson out for a while, and Allie was like, "I'll just do the doorknob instead." And so she did, but there, she had some issues. First, there was an issue with the strike plate and whatever, and it turned into a thing. Right. Like where, but by the time I got back and Jackson was eating, and I had to tutor a child, oh, a teen. Yeah. I had to tutor a teenager. Uh, you know, by the time I got home, it was nearly Jackson's bedtime. And there, the doorknob was not working right. And it was very not working right because we needed to have Jackson in bed. And, it, like, the door wouldn't even close the right. way we had it set up. You know, so, I mean, the short version is I eventually managed to figure it out and fix the problem. It just, it's like, I've, I've, I've put doorknobs on before. They're really a pain in the butt for me. But I, I know how to, I know how doorknobs and door locks operate. I can, I can replace the cylinder of a lock. I can replace that. That's not... It's not rocket science. It's really not. But it was also stress. And, you know, Allie was not in the best position. No, I was not. I was having a very, very bad and we day. Were, we, were, we were, yeah, we were, we, we, we were both having a bad day. It was just a bad night. And we had already had an argument earlier, earlier. that day. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were, we were at each other. We were, like... My highest stress level, are, Sundays are a high stress level day for me. When we have our babysitter, it's easier for me to handle because she takes Jackson out for a number of hours and I'm just focused on Jordan while you're tutoring. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was a, a, a situation where the babysitter wasn't available. I opted not to go down to my mom's because I had ju- we'd just been there yesterday and I didn't really want to drive them both down mm-hmm. in some you know crappy weather. And I thought, okay, instead of that, I'll weather this storm a little bit because you your two tutoring sessions actually got split. So yeah, you were Instead home of being gone for like four hours, I was only clip. gone for like two hours, one, and then an and hour. And an hour, an yeah. hour and 15 minutes a second. So I thought, I can handle this. I can weather this. The second time he's gone won't be so bad because I can feed Jackson dinner. Like there were all of these things that should have worked out. And instead, when John came home in the middle of the afternoon, it just everything amped and exacerbated and got worse and worse and worse and didn't help that Jordan's teething so he was whiny like yeah. it was just every perfect Yeah Jordan storm. was like nonstop. Yeah, it was hard like, all for day. Like, like yeah, the entire time I was home I think he was basically going It was just a rough day all around and I think I had hit my my saturation point. Yeah. I was and it doesn't ha- help that we have a dog that's incontinent and basically I cleaned up incredibly all- old he's very not old not very doing very well yeah and I cleaned up his whole mess in the kitchen and the minute that I finished cleaning up his mess 
he looked at me and peed all over the floor again, like right in front of me. And which, I just thought, like that was my Which had literally moment. happened to me five days previously. And I yelled at him so bad that he had a seizure. Yeah. Not really, just... but like I yelled, I yelled at him. And then five minutes later, he had a massive seizure and I had to take him to a pet hospital. And I felt really guilty. Yeah, it was just, you it know. Just, it's been bad. So like we've had a lot of stressors and I think that that's important to note. So I think you and I don't hand, I, I, just to be fully honest, we don't handle, uh, we don't always handle it very well. I mean, granted, we're I think human. I'm great. I think it's the problem is. <laughs> I mean, granted, we're human and this happens yeah, and whatever. We're, and we're, we're very, and we argue very differently. I that wanna, is what I was going to say. Well, I, I, that is one of the up. biggest problems in our relationship yes. is our arguing styles are incredibly incompatible and neither one of us is willing or even able to give an inch on how we argue. I want to end the argument. Like, I want to I want to hash it out as quickly as possible because I just get angrier if we're, like, if we're not encountering. And Allie tends to want to, like, Allie will shut down and be unable to talk about things and refuse to talk about things and like want to like be like I need to separate for a long time. Now I I think Allie's probably slightly healthier than mine. I don't know. Uh, You know I think there are pros and cons to both. But the problem is we're both almost pathological about it. Yes. Like it's very like like when a fight it's very hard for us to disengage from a fight correctly. Correct. When we're both at that amp. We have strategies and such, but the problem is we both, uh, you know, we both, again, suffer from anxiety. We both have, we both are prone to catastrophic thinking. Yeah. We both have abandonment issues. We both have uh, PTSD in our, in our past because we both have had abuse in our past. So there's just a lot of reasons why we have, you know, we experience this in such a, a, you know, in in our ways. And then we we kind of get, what I would say, we both get caught in our lizard brains. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and unfortunately, because both of our experiences are different in how we, manage the 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 stress of it it if we're both at that critical point it doesn't it doesn't work now i would say that that perfect storm doesn't happen all the time i think usually one of us is a little bit more i don't want to say rational i'm usually pretty rational and ali's just kind of like flying off the handle a lot but sometimes i fly off the handle and then like we're both flying off the handle sure she's uh sure that's what it is see we're gonna be calm right now and she's gonna murder me later (laughs) just a little no, but uh, it's no. true. Though. No, but it's I, like no. Sometimes, sometimes like, there are moments whenever one of the other of us can like kind of be like okay with that, you know, like with the way that you know, like one of one can be more patient and like whatever, you know, and you know, yesterday, I think I was more patient at the end, mm-hmm. but in the afternoon I was significantly less patient. Right, and you I, know, I like, was just a mess like, all day. Yeah, I, I it was just a very bad day. I, I mean, I can fully admit yeah. I was a mess all day. I will say this: I think it was good. Weirdly enough, I think it was good we had a big fight in the afternoon too because I think I was kind of spent because I was kind of ready to be like, it's okay. I got this. I got this. (laughs) Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to get in this again. I'm going to be calmer. And plus, it was actually for me, like, I mean, this was, the root of this was ironically, I think something mechanical and solvable. Because I think once the doorknob was fixed, everything got a lot easier. It it did. It got. You know, it also like, got better when everybody went to bed. Well, yeah, because well, the doorknob, <laughs> the doorknob being fixed made made everybody everybody go, go to bed. bed. Pro- and I think that's like, what it the, meant. The, that was a that was a choke point where it was keeping us from what we needed. Yeah. And you know, like so, ironically, I felt like I I think like I think I handled last night better than I could have because I knew it was a problem and I knew it was a problem that probably had a solution because I had done things like that before. So it was just it was just okay. Like once I realized that like when like for the Full technical disclosure: uh, When you flip the doorknob, you also flipped the uh, the little thing that goes into the door. I can't remember what it's called. Mm-hmm. The little the it would be the bolt, I guess, yeah. but not it's not a dead bolt, just a regular bolt, you know. But you had flipped it, so there was actually no way for it to lock. Right. 
you know. And it, then there was a weird thing with the doorknob being crooked, which made it not, not able to close either. It was like, it was really... It was just a whole bunch of It was mess. really, yeah. it was really messed up. But like, I managed to realize, oh, I see what happened. This cylinder needs to go the other way. And I didn't realize that like, I didn't realize like relative to the door, which way it needed to turn at first. And I was like, oh, now once I did that, I mean, it took me forever to get the doorknob tightened. And I swear there's a special, there's got to be a special kind of screwdriver to fix a doorknob because I've never used a screwdriver <laughs> on a doorknob and not been annoyed. Right. And like they're just, they're designed in such a way that it's just super frustrating. Super so, frustrating. but like, yeah, I think, I think it did help ultimately. Like we, we could distance ourselves eventually from mm. it once, once, once the stress was removed. And I think to go, to get back to like the overarching theme, cause I know we're going to go into tangent town too much if we keep talking. The overarching theme is when you're in a relationship and you've got these huge stressors, you know, and you've got a child who needs a lot of attention and takes a lot of it, of, of that attention from from you, you're going to have those fights. And really, I think the, the trick is to not give in to, like, resentment. So, yeah. And, I, and, and be able to, be able to, like, because I don't think it's possible to avoid the arguments. Right. I don't. I, 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 I think, think that just, you have to you have, will, you will you, have you'll, arguments, be, you'll be frustrated. Yeah. Everyone's got their, everyone's at, you know, different points in their life. Like, like, like no one's at the same page all the time. Right. And when there's a lot of stress, it's almost impossible not to have some fights of some sort. The trick is when, when the fight is, hopefully when the fight's starting to get bad, one or both can either disengage or redirect it in such a way that it's not, quite so nasty but when it does does get nasty i think the big secret is just being able to once you're calmed down and you get out of your lizard brain to be able to say you know recognize what you did and also recognize that everyone involved is under a lot of stress and be forgiving and like be able to move on from the fight and realize that the fight wasn't about a deep-seated problem with the relationship like that's Hopefully. knowing well no i'm mean, yeah. knowing In the difference case, yeah, obviously right. yeah you got like knowing the difference between this is a fight that's happening because two people are in a pressure cooker right. versus this is a fight that's happening because two people are emotionally incompatible. Sure. And like, I think that's like admittedly we fight badly, yeah. but like we don't fight like that often when it happens, it's nasty. So that, so that brings me to my next big question, which is, so in our case, and granted we can't talk about anybody else. We can really only talk about us. What strategies have we employed that you think have been the most effective or ones that you think we probably should employ that we maybe have talked about and never actually done. Oh, are you talking specifically about uh, our, our, uh, our safe word for, uh, for that's one of them. Yeah. I think that's one, one of the things that I was thinking about. Go ahead. I'm I'm not going to share the safe, the safe word in case someone's around us in public and one of us decides to use it. it. (laughs) Um, but, uh, we, uh, we have a term and it's not something that comes up easily organically into conversation. So we probably won't accidentally say it. Right. But uh, it's it's basically uh, a term that we like we can use on each other to basically let the other person know we can't talk right now, like right. We, like that this is not a good thing. And but I don't think we utilize it enough or respect it enough. We tend to want to like get in the last word, both yes. of us. Uh, I agree. Know. I think we so we like don't one of them will enough. call safe word, yeah. and then the other one will be like, oh no 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 no, you can't do that right now. Yeah. That's cheating. You know, yeah. so we tend to get we, we don't tend to respect it enough. I think yeah. that is of something if we did a little more. And in my case, I don't think I use it early enough. True. Because I think what happens with me is I get really 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 annoyed before I start complaining, and like for you, it seems like it's coming out of the blue because I've been taking it, mm. you know, or like I don't recognize, hey, this is stressing me out. I need to just, I need to dip this before it gets emotional. Like, I need to be at a point where I can be like, oh, safe word, by the way. 
as opposed to safe word. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like I end up yelling it when I use it usually because yes. I'm so frustrated that I just want everything to shut up and I want it like I want it all to be calm. And you know, like like whereas you know, like like it, it works a lot better if it's like okay, listen, we need a safe word right now. Yes. You know, I agree like, with that. like it needs to be at a point where you're still able to be calm, you know, and like that, that's, but I think it's a good tactic. I just think we've been very, you know, bad at utilizing it. And it's interesting because one of the things that I've brought up a few times, but we've never really implemented this. So I'm, I'm putting it out there on the podcast that maybe we should put this in as a, as a thing. Safe word. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I, I really want us to try to, to avoid fighting with each other with like height and anger the way that we have in front of the kids yeah like i think it's fine if we have to have those kinds of fights i just right. really want to stop doing i think it that's in front of i the think kids. that is that is actually one of the and it and like like and we don't do it often but right, when but it, we do it, it, it is always, so bad and i always feel so bad I do afterwards too. Like, I, do I can't too. believe we just did, i can't yeah. believe i was got got to the point where i would, was willing to do that and like you know yeah i think i think it's my advice would be we're not do as we say, not as we do. Don't yeah. fight in front of the kids. Try, try like, not unified to front, first of all. Yeah. Like place of peace and harmony. The kids don't need to know that like you're like furious at each other over some dumb thing that Well my two caveats know. to that are I think half of the problem is that both of us feel, and I think this is actually universal, that we're not being heard mm -hmm. and understood. So if and whether or not agreed with almost doesn't matter. It's being heard and being understood. And so yeah. if it, what I think happens is that sometimes I feel like in my more, ra not saying you're not rational, but if I'm in the mode of being a little bit more rational, if I'm in the mode of being a little bit more rational, then what happens with me is that I'm, I start getting quiet. And that infuriates you because you think to yourself, she's she's just not talking and she's shutting down and we need to have this out and we need to talk about right, it. Yeah. And and what I'm doing is trying not to explode or get angry. And so this becomes this like, mm -hmm. well, she's not listening to me. Well, he's not listening to me because I've told him mm -hmm. before that we shouldn't talk, fight in front of the kids. And we have yeah. this big like, we can't have right, the conversation. Yeah. So I almost feel like you and I have to have some sort of, whether it's a safe word for that, mm -hmm. that's like, hey, we're in a situation you know, that's not good. One thing that was suggested to us that I don't think we ever we really never did, did. I know what you're going to talk. Yeah. Was, uh, was once a week having an airing of grievances basically yeah. where for an X amount of time, like I think it was suggested 15 minutes. Well, that seems like a long time. I don't yeah. know if I, you know, but like, but each of us get a certain amount of time where the other person does not interrupt and we just, and it's not when we're fighting, it's no. scheduled. scheduled. You say, Hey, uh, you know, this is a certain time where you can sit and you have X time where you can just say, Hey, here's some things I've noticed that are bothering me that I want to get off my chest, whatever. And the other person cannot interrupt, but then, they get the same amount of time to say the same the the things that are bothering them, and then you can't interrupt. Right. You know. So it's you know like I think I think part of it, yeah, it is like a not being heard. I think I think the idea of like you know like I we and we both tend to be blurters and interrupters. Yes. So like we both feel like the other person's like we like I will literally be interrupted by her as she's telling me how I'm not letting her finish, and I'm like. <laughs> You're interrupting me to tell me that you can't finish. What do you think? You, you know, like it's that yeah. kind of fun. And you know, in the middle of the fight, it's not funny. Right. It's funny after the fight. Right. Be like we're both like we like we're literally like the 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 two, that that gif of Spider Man pointing at Spider Man from the Spider Man animated series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that goes around the internet. Yeah. We're like we're both pointing each other and accusing each other yeah. of exactly what we're doing. Doing we're to like, each other, right? You know, and I think like and I think part of like to go back to my 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 point that I was going about like forgiveness is recognizing after the fact. You know, that, you know, like, 
as much as like I want to be right, <laughs> I do, is recognizing, okay, I was also culpable in this. And like, I, and just owning it up like you're part of it, even if you like, even if you feel righteous, and even if you feel like it was mostly the other person's fault. Sure. Like saying, you know what, I, you know, like I wasn't patient. I was like, I shouldn't have yelled, no matter, you know, like I shouldn't have done this. Like, like, and be concrete about like what, you, like tell yourself and be honest to them. Like, you know what, these are some things I did that I shouldn't have done, you know? I have a tendency to, I, my apologies usually come much later than yours. Right. You apologize oh, a heck yeah. of a lot faster That's because I get, I, yeah, I have a long fuse, I have a huge explosion, and then once I've exploded, nine times out of ten, it's out of my system. Yeah. And a lot of times I'm very easy, like once I realize I've, I'm in the wrong, I my I tend to be have the ability to kind of shift gears fast to like contrite or 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 forgiving or whatever whatever like like if I have that realization that like if Allie presents me with a counterfactual of what I've said and I'm like oh god she's right. I'll often be like, oh shoot, yeah, I'm sorry, and then she's still angry at me for all my for my shenanigans. Yeah. But I'm over it because I realized I was wrong. Well, and then I find it funny too. Sometimes you get mad at me for not apologizing for my part immediately, and I'm like, I'm not there yet. Like, yeah. but I know, yeah, and it's like I, you it's don't trust I, me that I will get there, and yeah, that makes me more infuriated. Right, I know. So, like, yeah, we have, so that's a lot of times. Our yeah, I know. I, that, that is a that. very common thing yeah. for me. It's because like it's like. It's like, like I've Allie, already apologized. What's Allie, wrong with you? I don't, <laughs> I'm not saying this is 100 fair, but a common accusation Allie accuses me of is that I want everything to be fair. I want like I want everything to be equal in blame, and I I don't think that way. In all honesty, Allie, I'm putting it out here on the podcast. Go for it. But I do think like like I will admit my part, and like I get annoyed if like you're not willing to like like it's like even if I don't want you to come halfway, even if I just want you to come 15 percent of the way, yeah. it's like just come a little bit of the way here. Just admit maybe it's two people. Like maybe this fight was two people. Like you know. And you will eventually, but like at the time, I'm like, come on. Yeah, we will. It's not the greatest. <laughs> no, but, I, I wanna, I wanna, but yeah, we talking about, we're talking about fighting like we do this all the time. I know, like, but, we're but monsters. Was, but I think it's important because I do think that it's you know we present on yeah. social media such a you know happy face, and that was what yeah. my post was about yeah. yesterday. The idea is like we true. look cute and cozy and happy, yeah. and, you, and a lot of times we are. But man, nobody talks about the deeper, darker stuff. Like Thirty other pictures where I'm flipping you off. Yeah, right. Exactly, <laughs> or whatever. You know. Um, I also, uh, I, I would like to also point out that one of the things that I have um, grasped onto that has helped me in our, uh, when we're fighting or when we're having a, a rough time, you wrote something to me um, th- that I we put on the door. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, yeah they, they we're both... I, can't remember exactly what I, you know you're asking me you know, know. my memory is I'm like, terrible. Run upstairs and look. I wrote, yeah I, I, if you want me to no, I will no, but fine. no because it is still on the inside of our door it's it basically is. like remember we're like we're both like we're both going through this we're both going through this you know, you know like, be nice to each other be nice, something, to, like, each be nice other, to each yeah. other something like that and 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 I it lives on our our bedroom door and we actually I wrote that just before Jordan was born yes because that's like, right because I like we were talking about the fact that this is going to be hard you know it's like it's like like it had been many years since we'd had a newborn, six yes. years to be precise, yes. or five and a half, or whatever. You can probably hear him right now. Yeah, he's yeah he's waking up. Um, but like you know, so like I was like, we're gonna be tired, we're gonna be exhausted, we're gonna be like we've like the last time we did this, we were younger and didn't have Jackson. Right. <laughs> That's you know. a good point. I mean, it, so, it was so you know, so like this is like it's like we're older, we have Jackson, we can't we can't both be there, like. You know, one of us is going to, like, a lot of times, one of us is, like, we can no longer do zone defense. Right. Where it's like, okay, from from 3 o'clock, like, we used to do with Jackson, it would be like, until midnight, he was your problem. Right. And then from midnight to 6, man, 
That was my dorky Clash reference, Mm -hmm. which is a dorky reference to a different band. (laughs) But, like, he's my problem. But, like, we can't do, hey, after midnight, the kids are, are, like, mine or yours. Because, one, unlike Jackson, uh, Jordan was breastfeeding for a very long time. I couldn't help. Well, and now I'm pumping for him. Now you're pumping, so it's the same thing. Like, there's, like, I can't do as much. And, two, there's sometimes both doing stuff. Yeah. Like, we can't. Like, it's, like, I basically at night... Jackson's my problem. Right. And at night, Jordan's your problem with some exceptions. Right. Depending on, like, the circumstances. Right. You know. So, yeah. And I I think that, so that, that was important to me that we keep those little pieces up. So, I mean, our house is not something that, you're not going to come in my house and think we live in a museum. I mean, unless you want the museum to be like. (laughs) Unless it's one of those weird old Victorian museums that are crowded with things everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Like an antique shop or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Our house looks a lot more like a junk shop. Oh, my God. It really does look like a junk junk shop. And I've gotten over that because there's no way. I mean, you can't have nice things. I mean, Jackson's broken one couch. He's broken two beds, crib, you know, two cribs. And, and a bed. Like, yeah, a bed. I mean, it's like he he's just, it's destruction. There's no way yeah. to keep things. Our blinds are wrinkled. He's <laughs> I mean, there's just no way. So I, I, I've already sort of gotten over that. And I'm like, well, this is what our house is like. And so we can do things like put up little sheets of paper that have nice things on them. Yeah. And it's okay. And I'm I'm over any idea that we're going to ever have guests over here for any reason <laughs> whatsoever. I can't believe like, you ever thought we'd do that. I know. We're not we really entertained. I know we're not guest people. I think, we, I, I think we've had a maximum of three people that, aren't related to us in our house at once it's in our lives. It's probably true. It's probably so true. Uh, really quickly, I want to just talk very fast about um, wh- when we went for therapy together mm-hmm. and what was the catalyst for that and did you think it helped? I can't remember which specific catalyst it was, uh, to be honest. I, there's so many things that we've had, like little, like, you know, like we, we, we were going through a very rough patch and I cannot, I, I honestly can't remember what started I it. I think that the rough patch started because we were, we had inklings about Jackson's diagnosis that hadn't been mm-hmm. confirmed yet. Um, he was in EI, so there was a lot of stress there. And then I think you weren't uh, working, and we were trying to get you. You were trying to find work, but it was like stressful. And then on third, on top of that, I think was after both of the uh, oh, pregnancies. Yeah. So there was yeah. just a lot of stress in our it's lives. It's really. I, I'm. I'm gonna be brutally honest. I think I tend to blank very hard on the on the other pregnancies yeah like i tend to not think about them and then like i'm like oh god that's right you know there's so much going on like i think i think i think i tend to like run them out of my brain and act like they're um my god i don't know how much longer we'd be able to do this (laughs) with him uh thankfully we're probably wrapping close up soon uh yeah like i i you're right i'd forgotten about that yeah because you were devastated by that and so was i but like in a different way because it wasn't it wasn't in my body right right you know i could i could detach a little easier but not much do you you think that therapy helped I do I do I think it did help I think we you know like I think you know like unfortunately we ended up like falling out of the ability to do that on a regular basis so now we're, that was insurance wise insurance wise but but I think some of the tools and tactics we got from it uh, we, we've managed to try and keep yeah going with I think it's I mean I, I recommend like I am I am a firm believer that therapy is something that people should do if they can if they have any opportunity to do it. I agree. I do understand sometimes finance finances keep you from being able to do that. I'm not going to be one of those people who are like like easily like you know so almost self righteous like just get help get help whenever right. you can. It's like yeah, well, not no. everyone can. Yeah, not everyone can. Right. <laughs> you know, but impossible. You know, like, it's a great like, thing to do. When, when, whenever possible, like whatever resources you have, use them. And I do. I would never look down on anyone for any reason who's taking therapy for anything because I think it's you know like I don't know anyone who therapy made 
worse. Right. Unless you were going to like some sort of super quack doing something crazy. But if you're just going to like a regular old, like worst case scenario with most therapy, most talk therapy, like the worst case scenario is it just doesn't change the situation. Correct. I don't think you it know, ever like, hurts. I don't, I don't like, like, you know, as long as people aren't asking you to do like weird unethical things. I mean, I, don't, I know there are bad therapists out there. Sure. Like as far as like, you know. Yeah, I feel like, but I feel like if you trust your gut and go, wait a minute, you know, like you, 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 you're probably okay with that. But like, you know, but like just plain old telling someone your problems who doesn't, isn't going to judge you, and isn't part of the, isn't part of the situation, is helpful. I think it's it, it's it's good to have a third party sometimes yeah. because like, in all honesty, like I know I am not a social butterfly. I don't have like a lot of close friends who live near me. So, like, a lot of times if there's a huge issue in my life, like, I, I take it to Allie. And if the issue is with Allie, it's kind of hard yeah. without, like, someone else around. Yeah. You know? And I was going to say that one of the things that we've employed the last couple of weeks, which we've been very lucky for, is that Jackson's uh, clinic has started Saturday hours. Mm-hmm. And we jumped on that because we, we were allowed to do that with his insurance. It all worked out nicely for us. It was a very lucky situation. Mm-hmm. But because of that, my mom is often around on Saturdays, and we've literally taken those few hours that Jackson's there and run down to the city and sort of pass Jordan off to her and go go out for two hours and yeah. I mean we're not doing anything all, I mean last week we played cribbage yeah like we it's not like we're doing one but it's like the first you and I don't get time like that no, yeah we anytime don't really that we ever dates. have a babysitter yeah our babysitter comes in because it's on a day when John has to work yeah and I, and it's too hard for me to navigate both boys right now so yeah, we're not we're not really we don't go out ever. Go we don't out. go out in the evenings oh my at gosh, all. Ever. We hardly ever go out during the day. We don't have a lot of like alone time where we're not exhausted. Right. So it, if it we is, do it after hours and we're both tired. We've just had we've dinner. run a little long, so maybe we, maybe what maybe I can come back at some point in the future and talk about like some of the like more romantic. Uh, I was gonna like, say I think that's probably you know, an important because, thing. Yeah. But um, I would like to talk about that because I think that's an important piece that is missing in a lot of relationships to begin with. Yeah. But then when you ha- add in all the other stressors, it just gets worse. But um, no, I, I can't thank you enough. I think this was really excellent and really yeah. helpful. And I think it's going to give a lot of people, you know, if they listen to this, maybe they'll have questions that will come right. back. And maybe you'll come back as a guest again and yeah. we can, yeah, you I mean, know, address the questions that have come up. I can't us. imagine being on a podcast with you. I know. Be really I know for people who don't know, John and I actually have two other podcasts that, again, another they, thing. They is, update far more sporadically because this one is something you can actually set a time for and do without prep. With, and without so, another person, yeah, right? It's like right, I can kind yeah. of run it myself. Like it's, but, it's, it's, so, it's so hilarious that we live in the same house, but it's almost impossible to schedule a podcast. Well, as you can hear, we have a baby crying <laughs> yeah. right now and, you yeah. know, and trying to find time when we're together is really hard. Right. So, so, so yeah. if you want to hear us actually arguing more and oh, yeah. disagreeing a lot more. And hearing uh, some salty language. I'll put that out there. Oh, very salty. It's definitely uh, not a kid's friendly. Yeah, that's probably why podcast. I managed to. Uh, thank you. Sorry about the editing you oh, had to do fine. there. Okay. But uh, I, I, you know, that's probably that's probably why I managed to slip out because that is definitely e for explicit on the uh, on the Apple. Uh, yeah. Things. So those two podcasts, if you're at all interested, if you like '80s movies, we do a podcast called A Match Made in Space, and you can find that at matchmadeinspace.com. And we do one if you're a fan of uh, Grey's Anatomy. We do, or a, if you're not, or like if you're not me. like him, uh, we do a podcast called Hard Grey's Night, which is basically a Hard Grey's Night. Oh, sorry, a hard graze night. But the website is hardgrazenight.com. Which actually redirects to like john-walter.com because yeah. of uh, bad domain naming on my part because I'm fine. bad. I'm bad at internet. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is that if you want to hear John uh, bash 
Grey's you know, Anatomy. I, I think I'm actually nicer to Grey's Anatomy on that podcast than, than I than I even expected to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm not nearly as I. There's a couple times I'm mean about it, but I'm not. I I, I come in a lot more open minded. You than, do. Uh, than I think people. Like, well, you're a lot more committed to it than people than you want to admit that you are. I'm annoyingly committed to it because you show me too much. Yeah, I have. He's watched look, every episode. I have opinions about Gilmore Girls too now, and I'm mad at you about that. <laughs> uh, you know, look, you know, like let's talk about fights. <laughs> right. No, I'm just kidding. So anyhow, um, John, can people find you? if they're ever interested in looking at your art where can they find you uh i have a website uh for my art called johnwalter.com which i kind of need to update and streamline a little bit i I haven't but then again i haven't really done enough art lately to really add but you have some pretty cool stuff on there yeah yeah Yeah. you can if you if you hunt around on that site you can find my the original uh the original drawing uh that went viral sort of uh, like, like if you've seen a lot of uh like in the last couple of years that picture of captain america punching hitler uh, that there's one that uh, I drew years ago that like a bunch of people started putting like on protest signs and memes over the last couple of years. And yes. so suddenly it was everywhere. And I saw everyone had my avatar on Twitter and Facebook. And I was like, where, where did this, none of them knew who I was, no, no. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, so in fact, uh, like one of the people credited it to the artist who I had, uh, who I had uh, done a pastiche of the style of. Uh, that Sal was like Basima. the inspiration. Yeah. yeah. Sal Basima, or yeah. Basima. Basima? I can't. Do you Sima? I can't remember. Like, it, I, there's a pronunciation guide for him, like in an old Marvel comics, but it's been years since I've seen it, so I can't remember. But um, but yeah, like you can find that there. You can see some of my uh, drawings of cartoon raccoons. You can see whatever. I, I do. A, there's a portrait of our dog somewhere on there. Yes. Um, you know. Pretty cool stuff, and no, but uh, uh, and yeah, or you can if you if you enjoy horrible salty language. If, if, look, if you if you if you if you if you really want very radical politics and or the most obnoxious dad puns ever, I guess you can follow me on Twitter. Yeah. I'm at Hitler Puncher, which is again based on my old website Hitler Getting Punched, which is where that drawing came from. So uh, at Hitler that, Puncher yeah, on that's, Twitter. That's, that's really more. I don't Twitter. have a yeah. Facebook page. Uh, like yeah. uh, there's no John Fake to Fake, where fake <laughs> is spelled F A E. K on the second one uh you know there's none of that uh, so nice. I, thank I, you, you know. so much i appreciate that so if you and then those of you who don't know um you can find this podcast anywhere you find your podcast from apple podcast spotify google play i hear you're on stitcher i'm on stitcher as well mm, yes whatever I am. stitcher is i think it's an android thing I am, I am. uh you can find us on all of those places you can find us at actinguppodcast.com uh which will bring you to Podbean and you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Ali A-L-I Real to Real that's R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L and that is pretty much it this week. John, thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate it. Uh, it was a pleasure. I was, it was actually a lot of fun, and I was fairly low-key, which is, other than a few times, which is rare for me on a podcast. This is, this uh, is true. I guess I will go now. Uh, you can wrap the rest of this up. I'm going to go get our baby. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I, it was wonderful being here. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And just remember to take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time. And just hang in there, friends. We're all in this together.